Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Surviving Hollywood Podcast. My name is Aaron Arnold. My name's Austin Arnold. And I'm Johnny Ray Diaz. And we just sat down with the wonderful actress, lovely person, Anna Hutchison. So Anna has been in tons of stuff, Power Rangers, Spartacus, Cabin all sorts in the Woods. of Cabin in the Woods is how you, you know, one of my favorite movies she's done. But we know her because we did a feature film with her, Austin and I. Splitting Image, when they sold it to Lifetime, they changed the movie name to Married to a Murderer. And we had such a positive experience with her on set. Uh, we, we invited her on to talk about her story. Yeah, and we basically, I mean, she was super open, which I loved. Uh, what I like the best is learning about Cabin in the Woods, because I do love that movie. The audition process, how it was filming it, what happened after. So if you're a Cabin in the Woods fan, you're gonna like this. And uh, when she, when we were kind of talking to her, one of the things that I thought, well, I really wanted to be curious about was her working with Nick Cage on this movie called Vengeance, what his process was like. She had some very, very kind words to say about Nicolas Cage. Um, and also she was talking about the latest movie that she's in called Robert the Bruce uh, with Angus McFadden, um, who, if you guys are familiar with the movie, little movie called Braveheart, maybe you guys have heard of it. Um, well, this guy was in the movie playing Robert the Bruce, and they essentially made a feature film based on that character. Um, and I believe she said that movie is actually streaming now. I'm not sure all all platforms. I'm not sure it's all platforms. She, she but, said uh, specifically online. iTunes, did online. she say? Yes. iTunes, that's right. So make sure you guys check it out. And uh, yeah, enjoy. <laughs> How old is she? She's 10 months. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. They grow so up I so guess... slow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, why is she so small still? Yeah. Please. I thought they were walking by one. What's going on? Oh, I know. Guys, she actually is. She's close. And I'm... Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's pushing the laundry cart and like walking along using it as a Zimmer frame. And I feel like the most shitty mum because... There are these actual walking devices you can buy your child. So thank God for Jeff Bezos and Amazon Prime. We've got something coming stat. But at the moment, she's just kind of cruising around the house on the laundry basket, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Nice, nice. I'm, I'm sure this whole quarantine has made it, made it easier, in a sense, to be able to be there all the time, right? Because I know you're obviously working a lot, so this has probably well, helped a little bit. It's kind of magic because... Um, I didn't know this, so I don't expect y'all to know it, but um, as a mum, you spend a lot of time at home. So for that time, I guess she was about five months when the lockdown happened. We've been in quarantine for a long time, hey? Um, so yeah, you just get to stay at home with your babe. So I was used to it and I was kind of like used to not going supermarketing and stuff like that. But then suddenly you can't go to the supermarket and you're like, well, fuck, I just want to go there kind of thing. But it's been cool because my husband's been back, which he's usually at the office from like 10 to Mike. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got to um, hang out with her and stuff like that. Because beforehand she'd like be awake in the morning, but then she was already asleep by the time he got to come home. So, yeah. So did Mike start like his own managing agency? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really rad. It's cool. It's a good, um, it's a good idea. Like he's such a boss anyway. Even if he had twenty bosses, he just is. 
he's just got so much drive and ambition, which is awesome. And yeah, he does a really good job. He's also my manager. So I see like, that's how you guys met, right? Hey, that's how you guys met, right? No, um, we met doing a film in Torquay, Australia. I'm not from Australia and he isn't either. Um, but yeah, he was one of the producers on it. We were friends for like a year and a half after. And then, um, uh, yeah, we started to date. So yeah. And then I was like, shit, you're, you could hear him managing his clients and stuff. And I'm like, God, you, you're awesome. You're so good at what you do. I want you to manage me kind of thing. So then he did. And that's, Easy as. The way easy as exactly the way you describe him though he sounds almost if I didn't know him intimidating but when I met him at Splitting Image super nice guy. Yeah, he's he's cool. Like I don't think there's any. I I don't I don't know. He's got a neck tattoo which. Okay. Yeah, you might find that intimidating. You might find it like a really bad mistake as a sixteen year old, Um, and that's how he kind of classifies it. He's just like, nah, everyone's. Everyone's young once, right? Like, um, yeah, but so that would be the most intimidating thing about him. And it's, um, yeah, it's just. Has it, has it ever been weird, um, you know, having him manage you in a sense? Like if he's like, he's, he's like, hey, you know what? That's just not good or something like that. I'm sure he was not that blunt, but has it ever been awkward in any way? Um, well, like sometimes I'll have to say, yo, I'm not talking to you as my boyfriend. I'm talking to you as my manager. Or like Got in it. the past, now my husband did. But um uh, and then like in the past also, it's kind of like, I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. So I'm going to lead here. So it's not awkward. It's just, we're, we're very clear, both of us, like we're super transparent. So it's kind of cool. You get that honesty and, um, yeah, that's good. But then I guess, uh, other people have, um, projections and their thoughts about it. So I think for them, it's more awkward than it is. For us, they're kind of like, oh, you're dating your manager, um, and it's like, well, yeah, who are you dating? Um, so, because <laughs> nobody, have, yeah, but you could have a um, a a negative thought trail or a negative prediction about anyone dating anyone, you know, like, so yeah, to me, that was everything. We were friends heaps beforehand, so yeah, and also I've been doing it for so long, even before he was an assistant, so. Mm. I feel very, very um, grounded in, in what I bring to the table. Yeah. yeah. How has he adapted to the new lifestyle? You know, because obviously things are so much different. He's spending a lot of time at home, I imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, for him, normally, if there are no projects going, he's finding projects. And he's kind of like, okay, how do we make, um, how do we make this person work? How do we make this person work? Why isn't this person working? This person's working. How do we get their next job kind of thing? But the industry shut down. I don't know if you guys know this, but it's just oh, like, okay. it's like very quiet. That's, you why, know? that's why nobody's calling me. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. What? Um, so <laughs> for him, like it's that's such a weird thing. So I think the first couple of weeks he was kind of like just trying to make stuff happen, and then he started renovating the house, which was really annoying, and he still hasn't <laughs> finished. And I'm so annoyed about it but he's gone back to the office and he's left all these projects just ah. like, <laughs> you, you gotta finish yeah yeah he'll be really happy with me finishing up the grill uh area <laughs> i'm sure yeah let's put a nice pink little countertop um little makeup area little lights diva light setting so pretty when i slip in burgers um <laughs> but yeah no but he's been good like it's it's really cool. So now he's um, back in the office and just okay. 
getting, getting shit happening again. He's kind of probably the longest in his lifetime that he hasn't worked, I think. Yeah. Do you have so, like any inside scoop into when things might somewhat normalize? Do we have any idea? Um, well, I'm working on something now and I'm just kind of like, let's just make shit, you know? Okay. Um, I'm so sick of not working. So, um, and also like the idea of not being able to work isn't that cool. It just doesn't, doesn't compute in my brain. Like I can't even articulate it because it's just, it doesn't make sense. So um, what I gather is there's going to be testing. There's a couple of start dates on a couple of things. The problem is getting insurance for pro projects. So um, if it happens again, no one wants to pay for how many people to be off work right. for how long. So um, yeah, I guess there's just going to be a lot of masks. So if you're not working, that's no excuse, guys. Get your yeah, ass working. Create stuff. Yeah, just make stuff happen. Just film it in different ways. And I think that this quarantine period is going to see um, a lot of incredible content come from people because there's so much, there's so much creativity just sitting still and fucking four walls and stuff. And they're not able to do, I don't know, I'm, um, their TV show that they're doing or they're not able to be editing the film that they were editing or whatever it may be. So there's all these cool minds that are just going to explode with awesomeness and we're going to see the result of that come a couple of months or whenever it is that they, they finish whatever it is that they've been working on. Yeah. Or they die of Corona, you know? Hey? Yeah. Or they die of Corona. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like two options. They're either going to yeah. really impress us or... They will be at a funeral. Forgotten so, forever, you're, yeah. Yeah. And you're from you're, you're from New Zealand, right? Yes. So New Zealand up? was able they were able to, you know, completely get rid of Corona. What's what are they doing over there? Well, they let two people in and now there's two cases of corona again. So everyone oh, really? like, the world oh, is apparently It was James Cameron. New Zealand. Yeah, not James. <laughs> uh, he brings productions, but he also bought the Rona back. Um yeah. no, I think that they um they just locked down the borders and they had contact tracing and there was a lot of like um, self-imposed isolation for certain people who are coming back and forth. But I think that locking down the borders thing and just everyone getting on board, a lot of the times when New Zealand has something that they're trying to implement, I don't know if it's a smaller country or if it's because everyone's so used to just going by the rules, you just comply and it's like, okay, cool. That's what we're doing. We'll do it. So um, uh, that's, something that I found quite difficult here. And I remember when all this was kind of about to happen, saying to my husband, let's just go back to New Zealand. Cause I've never dealt with any life experience. Well, that's bullshit because I had a baby here. But apart from that, like all my growing up and all my um, thoughts, and this is where I realized I'm quite different than the American psyche. It's all New Zealand. So, um, I was so confused when there was no direct um, uh, words like everyone is doing this. And then it's one of your amendments that it's, it's illegal to tell you what to do. And there's, there's never allowed to be, um, you always must be able to travel freely within states and stuff like that. So they, they weren't allowed to say everyone must stay in their state. There was no, no Yeah. So to me, that was quite interesting. And I was like, fuck, I don't know how to deal with this. Someone needs to tell me what to do kind of thing. So um, anyway, we're 
continuing to spike numbers are going up and stuff like that so we'll just yep. see how that goes yeah now Anna, I don't know how many episodes of this podcast you've seen. I'm guessing oh. several. <laughs> but um, on here, we, we try and break down, you know, our, our prime audience is young filmmakers, young actors, people that want to do it. And we just generally get experiences from actors working today. I know you did soaps and stuff in New Zealand, right? Singular. One. One soap. Oh, one soap. Yeah, and then got clean and left. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know... I know. That isn't it. Sorry, guys. No, I loved it. I know most people know you from either Star um, Power Rangers or Cabin in the Woods. Do you get? Do you ever get sick of like people referencing that as the number one thing that they love you from? No, I think um, if if you've got a fan base anywhere, you should be grateful for it. So, uh, and David Hasselhoff is a fucking awesome example of that. Like whether it be Kit, whether it be his German um, pop career he's super super grateful so i don't personally think you should be ungrateful for whatever someone recognizes you for or whatever they're a fan of one of the fun things is um the power rangers fans like they are the most incredible group of people and the spartacus as well and i don't know if it's because of um the comic book or what what it is um but they just they know all the episodes and they're just as a group so supportive so I feel super super lucky that I have that team of people just kind of like championing me um so then whatever you do whether it be drama history sci-fi any other little field you got your mates that are kind of like fuck yeah or like go Lily that was the Power Rangers name so and then in um Cabin in the Woods like fuck I still can't believe that I was part of that. Like, it's just legends. I think um, Drew and Joss wrote it in a weekend, which as you guys probably know, if you've wrote a script, to be able to write something that you get not only 30 million bucks for, but that um, audiences really respond well to, that's kind of genius. It's like next level type shit. So um, to be able to work with them and to be such a freaking fan, like I just think, Drew's awesome. I laughed and uh, was just like, I loved his adaption of The Martian. I thought that was epic. And Joss is just so wonderful. Um, so, yeah. And then the buddies through that, like Fran, Jesse, Kristen and Chris, they're just awesome, awesome people. So, yeah, nah, I wouldn't uh, mind if people said that beyond my grave. Like, those are the things that we know you for. Yeah. If that might be jobs that I ever do again, that's cool. Uh, you kind of talked about Joss a little bit, but um, what is, uh, I know that that was a little more early on in his career. He's obviously done all these Marvel movies and all this other stuff too, and comic books for a long time. Um, what was sort of his directing style on set? What did, how did so you find he was working? a producer on it. Drew was the director. And okay, I think Drew directed. The first thing, yeah, first thing that Drew directed, um, I was a massive fan of Drew from Lost. Uh, and at the time, I didn't know that they'd written the script in two days, I was just kind of like, yeah. oh, this is awesome. This is taking so many tropes. There's this little grab and this little grab and all the characters were really developed and except they were super stereotypical and then they were also really rad at the same time. And then you have this um, Hadley and Citizen stuff that's going on over there. And then one day I was on set and Sigourney Weaver was there and I was just like, what is fucking happening? So um, Drew was awesome. He was just super collaborative and, um, fun, energetic, and um, 
just wonderful as a director, like really, really cool. And so if ever I were to direct, I'd kind of take those things, I think, and just try and try and keep it fresh, try and keep it exciting for everyone. And um, it was super inclusive. It was so fun. And Joss was there to chat with and laugh with. Um, he had just done Dr. Horrible's Amazing Sing Along. I probably butchered the name there. Um, but he, yeah, he was just so fun. Um, so heaps of chats and he had uh, written Roseanne like and Aliens and all this epic sci-fi stuff that you're just kind of like, cool, I get to pick your brain and we get to go and have lunch and keep chatting and you can't tell me to go away because going away with me and going back to New Zealand and I'm just going to finish your film, but just keep talking and talking and talking. So yeah, there were heaps of chats and I found out such amazing stuff. I'm just, yeah, epic fan of both of theirs. I don't know. Do you believe that they wrote that script in two days, though? Because that was a really tight script. I mean, that I script know. is so different from everything else and referenced everything else. I don't know. Two days. I do believe. because, <laughs> And then, like, you sit with them for, man, two minutes, and you're like, fuck it. Done. Okay. Of course you are. Like, you're in two days? That's ages. I'm sure. <laughs> surprised you didn't just write it in five hours. Like, they've just got this quick fire smarts about anything... Um, in this in this genre so yeah they i believe that they did yeah how was how was the audition process for that if you can remember yes pretty fun um i just had my appendix out so um and i was also filming a tv series in australia um i wasn't allowed to go to the audition because i was supposed to be on set so i was like well fuck and an audition's like five minutes saying the words maybe half an hour wait time i'll do it on my way to set so i kind of hobbled in set it left thought doesn't matter it was called Mordecai or something else at the time and the um audition was really weird the girl gets like they're in a um you guys call it a jacuzzi they're in a jacuzzi and it was just really strange what do you call uh, it a spa oh okay um, yeah so I was like okay if it's a horror film these are the things they're probably going to be looking for whether it's a fake scene or what but they probably want you to scream um they probably want to see these certain reactions. I can't remember the scene uh, at the moment, but um, so I kind of thought, okay, make sure that you just knit in those reactions and the screen and stuff like that to a horror film. So I went to set and it was a drama, like a period um, 1970s drama that I was doing. Really, I don't know, have you guys had your appendix out? No, no, no. Okay. It's quite interesting. It kind of sets you back a wee bit. Um, yeah. So we just said it was quite sore and I got a call from my manager saying, hey, they want you to retake, they really liked it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So the next day I was planning on going in again and the, the production was like, no, you definitely can't. So I just went in in the lunch break during um, the scene, uh, the shooting and um, went home and my boyfriend at the time was friends with Hemsworth and I get a call from Hemsworth saying, oh, I guess we're going to see you in a bit. And I'm like, hey? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you got the role. And I was like, oh, fuck, cool. I haven't been told. So I called up my manager and he's like, oh, I don't know. I haven't had any word. I'll give him a call. So Chris had already been cast in it. And so, um, Was he a yeah. producer? Or? No, he was just one. Of, he was the, um, the jock in it. Right, right. I know. But, uh, yeah. like, no, so he, already, he had his role. And I guess there was a search for this girl, um, that they were doing worldwide. And so like, I basically finished Underbelly, got um, a weekend and then on the Monday I was on a flight to Vancouver. So I picked up some contacts mm -hmm. and then 
packed up my bag from Oz. And so for a couple of years, I was just kind of traveling the world with a um, 20 kg bag, uh, which is why I didn't keep my script, which I'm so pissed about because Joss, I was super excited about MGM all my life. You know how there's the, the lion that roars in the middle of that thing? Yeah. So I was like, fuck, this is so cool. And then on my script, it said United Artists, which is now, I don't think that's around anymore. But I was like, oh, there's going to be the lion. So Joss drew the lion on the front of my script and I didn't keep it, which mm. I don't, so I don't have any keepsakes or anything in my life because of this little suitcase that I'd run around with. But that's one thing that I think would be cool. So anyway, I fly up to Vancouver and we're pretty much shooting in a couple of days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So there's no chemistry test, just two auditions. No, it was like, fuck. Um, Clearly they had chemistry if Chris called it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think with that, I don't know, just lucky. How can anyone not have chemistry with Chris? He's just, he's a gorgeous man. And <laughs> not only is he a gorgeous man, which those words are what Drew and Josh would say, oh, here comes the gorgeous man. Um, so I feel okay saying that. But he's a good person. Like he, as a human, he's just fun. Like, um, yeah. And he's a, he's a great actor and um, really into the acting world and stuff like that. So yeah, that, that part was easy. They, um, yeah, I, I guess, and I'm not, I'm not a, I don't know, you guys have worked with me, I'm not much of a dick, like I don't bring too much, I, I don't, I literally don't bring baggage, but I don't bring too much baggage, I'm just fucking excited to make a film, anytime I get on set, I'm just like, I'm so impressed that you guys got this up, and that we are actually filming a script right now, and we're around our friends, and we're, and we're going to make new friends, and you get all these people who, my bit is acting, then you've got someone who's just such a, a brilliant mind and, and director of photography and sound and all of these other aspects to film. I'm just so in love with making films. So, yeah. Well, I remember when we were on set with you for Splitting Image, you, after a few days, which everybody should do this, but as number one on the call sheet, in just one or two days, you know everybody's name. You would get to set from the van. You would say hi to everybody, which you were, you were on it. But also right even early in the morning, like when everybody yeah. was kind of tired. I mean, the trick to that is have your coffee in your hotel room. So you don't have to wait till after makeup and you're all like groggy and stuff like that. Have your coffee before you um, meet anyone. I was so expecting a burn. I was like, I thought you were going to say something like, nah. Um, okay. But yeah, but don't you think it, it makes it more fun when you know everybody yeah. as well? And like, why shouldn't you know everybody's name? Like everybody comes to the table with such an amount of experience and um, Anna yeah. was Anna was such a bitch too. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say and it was on the second day you really showed colours. Yeah. Yeah. Um so after Cabin in the Woods, did your career instantly change when like people saw that? Um, they put it on the shelf for ages. So United Artists went I just went to poof. I, I don't know what happened, just gone. Um, and then it went on the shelf for years. So I went back to, I came to Los Angeles, got an agent and all that. Like everyone was saying, that's the way to go. I was on a series in New Zealand at the same time. Um, so I went back and shot some of the series, which is one of the best series I've ever been a part of. Um, and yeah, but I didn't really get the LA thing. So they were I just didn't get it. Um, what do you mean? Uh, there was this massive, like, you, you have all these meetings with agents and um, all these, like, places which everyone's, like, 
I'm the addict, but they're kind of jerking off about. And I kind of think like it, there's a pool of auditions, right? And just, it doesn't matter who your agent is. This was my thought, who your agent is, as long as they're getting that audition for you, that's the best agent. It doesn't matter what office they're in. And it doesn't matter what, I don't know, it, there was a lot of um, hot air. And I was like, okay, so you're gonna come through with this? And then, I don't know, I, I didn't like the business side of that, where my agent that I've had in New Zealand, I've had her since I was 13. She's true blue, she's just, awesome and she's someone who she doesn't need to say I'm here for your career I'm gonna be here for you whatever you need she just is and I was hearing this so much and the person the woman that I signed with was like um I was Hillary Swank's person and she left me so I'm never gonna do that I will always be there for you and um uh so she had that spiel that's not why I went with her I went with her because I liked the idea that Endeavor and William Morris were merging and she was with Endeavor um, and I thought Endeavor seemed young and hip um, and she ripped Hilary Swank and Boys Don't Cry was my favorite movie at the at that time. So she said that but then when I decided to go to New Zealand she dropped me. Um, so I went to New Zealand to do another series which is still acting and she represents me as an actor. So that to me was just kind of weird and it left a pretty shitty mark. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. So that, so not having much um, trust for agents and, or, did, yeah. Did you, did you tell her, hey, you said you never leave me? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> no, it's was just kind of like, um, so yeah, just because I'm not in Los Angeles, it just didn't, yeah, yeah it didn't really work that well. Um, so, yeah, and I found the, the audition process really strange. Like, I remember, um, I don't know, it just wasn't the same. It's just very, um, you go and you give your performance in New Zealand, and if you're good enough, you get it to a certain extent. And I'm sure there's other stuff that comes in it, into it, but that's how it seemed to me in New Zealand. You mean, um, like, they, 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 do they offer you the role in the room, or is it... No, like pretty... it's, but it, it just doesn't seem as um, swayed by who has a publicist. Do you know what I mean? It, publicist yeah. isn't a thing in New Zealand. Like, if anything, you get paid for publicity. So um, that was very weird for me. And I remember doing a... So I did the audition here, and they're like, okay, great. And then there was a director's... Um, audition like a callback with a director loved the director I thought he was super rad really got on with him and then I had this chemistry read with this guy who was a very well-known actor and I was like sitting there with three girls this was it and this tiny little guy walks around the corner and he's like ladies and I was like oh fuck no so um we do it and I just like I was like, oh what a dick what a dick and um, anyway, so my agent calls me after the chemistry read and she goes, how was it? And I go, he's a dick, man. Like, no way. And Harvey Weinstein. Hey. Harvey Weinstein, right? <laughs> no, actor, not producer. This is oh. a chemistry read. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got you, got you. Um, Just a famous yeah. actor. Yeah, hey. Just a famous actor. 
Yeah, insert famous actor here. Um, so she, so I'm like, nah, here's, here's a dick. That was weird, man. And she's like, he has the role. You don't get to decide that. You don't get to, how was the chemistry? And I'm like, I'm telling you, there was none. And anyway, it doesn't matter because nothing really happened with the film or anything like that. It was just one of those things. But I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I don't, oh, yeah, yeah, it's weird. So... Yeah. Mm, I found it. I found it strange here. Whereas in New Zealand, it just seemed more authentic and stuff like that. And so, at the end of Spartacus, or kind of during, I came back and I was like, I'm not going to go back to um, Los Angeles unless there's a sign. And um, then I got back to New Zealand, and my nana says, Hey, it'd be nice if you came around to see me. Plus, I've got heaps of mail for you. So one of the things that she had was this green card lottery. I won a green card, and I was like, Okay, I guess that's a sign. So um, I then did. Uh, more acting and then um did a tv show spartacus and i was in the tea room the green room i don't know what y'all green room green, green room yeah green um hanging with actors as you do between setups and um one of the guys said to me oh you have to go to la anna and i was like nah i've been there you know and um he's like no all roads lead to la you have to go to la and um, I was like, oh. and, that, and, that, and that was Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, that, uh, that was him. Yeah. Um, and this guy is uh, an excellent man. So anyway, um, I kind of came over. My green card was like about to, you get a limit of when you're allowed into the country or not. And I was like so close to not being there. So I came back, but I kind of thought, okay, I want to bring some authenticity with me. Like whatever I do, I don't want to be in that situation again. And whoever... Um, I choose to work with, I want them to be along the same, the same um, mindset. So it makes complete sense that my manager is someone that I've known for years, even before I started working with him. My agent at the moment, I've known for years before I started working with him. And yeah, I just find that there's a lot of, um, a lot of fakeness in Hollywood. Yeah, well, it's kind of like how you were saying, it's, it feels more like a game in Los Angeles, as opposed to you were talking about New Zealand where it's more authentic. Yeah. It's like, this person's just good. They're getting the role of the best fit for the part. That's it. As opposed to here where it's like, well, there's a lot of other issues, other things you have to consider and who's who and who, you know, it's just, it is interesting how that works. You can literally be told you, you were the best person. You were the best person we had read, but we had to cast this person. It's kind of like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, like if, yeah. If for whatever reason, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't ask my agent or manager for feedback because I honestly feel like they could just be pulling it out of their ass because so often things are cast before you even go up. And like we spend money on auditions, um, self tapes and stuff like that. So that's something that I don't do anymore. There's this great um, team in the Valley that does like $15 for 15 or 30 minutes auditions because it's like you can pay 170 bucks for an audition, but you don't, it's not going to guarantee that someone's going to watch it. So it doesn't matter. So that's kind of um, a wee bit annoying. But yeah, I remember when I produced a film a couple of years back, we'd cast this role. It was done and dusted. And the director sent me some tapes. And I was like, um, hey, man, we're, we're solid. Like, we chose our guy. We're good. And he's like, no, 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 just, just watch them. Just watch them. I'm like, but haven't we cast this character and he's like yeah just, just doing favors just people and i'm like mate you don't understand how much an actor puts in to reading those lines whether it be three pages ten pages twelve pages whatever it is 
there's so much thought and that's just a shitty thing to do to have someone read and then I was like fuck the amount of times this must have happened to me you know like where you you get your hopes up and stuff like that you think fuck I've got a chance I've got a shot at this one or yeah you you get down to that last little bit and they're like okay no but we're going with this person because she just had a film in Sundance or she just had a, a thing and fuck who knows like any reason it's like you just got to do it for you but the cool yeah. thing is there's so many people here that do want to create art they want to create cool projects and stuff so you just have to sift through and this is why i kind of like la now the people who i'm friends with i fucking love like i think they're incredible they're super smart intelligent the ones who i choose to hang around but it does take a wee while and i guess that's the same with anywhere like if someone's going to go live in dubai the first people they meet they may not be friends with and then they wait a wee while and they meet people who are more along the same thought lines and stuff like that and then they they do become really good friends with some people that are like oh shoot i'm on the other side of the world and mm. i've got I've got mates like yeah brothers it's cool mm. i love it and you've done um i know you've done a ton of movies a ton of tv too do you have a preference on what you like better or worse or just different? Yeah, so when I came to Los Angeles this time, um, I'd just done TV series after TV series after TV series. So I was like, okay, I wanna go to Los Angeles and work on independent films. But the thing is, you think the grass is always greener. It's not. To me, TV series is the way to go. It's consistent work. So each day, for however long that series goes for, you're showing up to set, you learn your lines, you get to be around incredible actors and um, incredible filmmakers, or, content creators and it's just there's more longevity in a sense like your your contract is potentially longer like unless you're working on as wide shot Stanley Kubrick like that was quite a lengthy um experience but so I think at the moment tv series just because I've gone film 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 and if you can just be in one spot for a wee while and then you get to work with the writers and the writers get to know you so they start to write for you and with you and it's just it's a really fucking cool experience, TV. Um, and then the flip side to that is film. You get to go in, give them what you got, and then get out of there. So, yeah, preference would be just to film all the time, always. But the thing about TV is that it's generally longer contracts. And that's, that's why, because films are fun, but you could do three films, and some of them only shoot over 16 days, 12 days, you know? So it's too short. You just want to keep acting. Oh, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I remember talking to Austin and Aaron. Uh, they mentioned that when you when you were working on Splitting Image, you already had another project right after that one, essentially kind of set up. Um, what is your process, sort of, to kind of be able to handle more material when you have very limited time and you know, like, okay, I got to shoot in two days, and I just came off this movie. Like, there's not a lot of preparation. So, how do you handle that? I think um, that's one of the cool things that doing a soap so early in my career taught me is you have to work with a huge um, amount of content. So, and that's never an excuse. And it always pisses me off. Like, I don't care where someone's been, what they're doing. If they don't know their lines, if they don't come prepared, it's a personal annoyance for me. So I like to not, and you find time. Like it might mean that you don't get to watch four episodes of whatever it is you're binging that night, but there's time in the day. Like I may not get to go for a, three hour run or whatever, you know, it might just be a 20 minute one, but you just find time. Um, and also before I set off, um, that was a really fun time in my life. There were three films that I had all back to back. 
um, I worked with separate coaches before I left Los Angeles. Um, there was a film in London. Um, so I worked with a comedy coach on the comedy. And then I worked with my love, Miranda. She's um, my coach who I work with all the time. Um, and then on the sci-fi, I worked with this new uh, acting coach who I hadn't worked with before. I just wanted a different perspective. Um, and because it was my character kind of bookended the film, so I'd done all that work before and then like I have, I just constantly, do you guys have these? They're just the best little books, um, good for notes. So I've got about a hundred of these around because um, I'm no longer in the 23kg uh, suitcase club. So I've just got these notebooks everywhere where I break down all the script and um, see which scenes are kind of like um, more dialogue, more action, whatever it is, where my character is emotionally, they're all emotional logs and stuff. So if all that groundwork's there, then it's a thing I feel like just rocking up, see what the other actors have, see what the director has, and then just completely change whatever it is you, you had in your mind. Yeah. What's a, can you remember uh, anything you learned with the comedy coach? Like what you learned? Heaps of stuff. Just be open and... Um, uh, I think that's the thing with comedy though, right? Like just see what the other person's saying. Where's the funniness? Find funniness, reference certain things. One of the um, name drop here, uh, just before I went, there was an actor who was attached and Taika Waititi, I um, was hanging with him the night before and I was like, oh, not the night before, but like um, a couple of nights before I left. Who is Yeah, right? Taika Waititi. Oh, Taika yeah. Waititi, I did not hear. Yeah, yeah. 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 and... Um, he, he's so fucking funny. Um, he, uh, he was like, okay, watch this thing that they did and watch this thing that they did and this thing. And like, I was like, I find him the, one of the funniest people in the whole entire world. And that, that oh, you were he, hanging with this guy? Yeah. How did you, I, how did you meet him? New Zealand. Oh, he's okay. from New Zealand. They all yeah. know each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows each other in New Zealand. Um, and so, yeah, he was, he was saying these things, but I think the references that he had, um, they were the most helpful because it kind of gave me an insight into that actor. Then I got to set and they'd completely changed the actor who was playing the thing. And um, it was Angus uh, McFadgen who was Robert the Bruce in Braveheart. And then yeah, Braveheart. that yeah. film, we'd made the, the Robert the Bruce film. So, yeah. And that film, Robert the Bruce, got released right at the peak of COVID. Yeah, crazy, eh? So it was going to be like, theaters and everything and there's gonna be a new york premiere and an la premiere and stuff like this and then it's just like shit release it what are you gonna do yeah and i was just gonna say that film is it taking that exact character robert the bruce and essentially having his own story is that what this movie is yeah so i was working with angus in london and it was an awesome experience super fun we we're staying in a castle so and our characters were um, married and we would just hang out all the time go to lunch dinner brekkie walks whatever it is we'd just be hanging we just loved each other and so um at the end of it he was like oh, i'd like to work with you again here are some scripts and i was like dude i'm so busy i've got two other films that i'm doing i don't have time to read stuff um so then i got back from the films the one after connecticut which i did with you guys was in augusta and i got back to my um apartment and I was like fuck I'm so bored I feel so lonely I've been so used to everyone being around 
this sucks. I've done all my laundry. Like I'm up to date. <laughs> Fuck. What do I do? And then Angus calls me and he's like, do you want some lunch? So I go over to his place. And I'm like, bro, you don't get it. I am so fucking bored. Like I've had the coolest year so far and now nothing. He's like, well, did you read me those scripts I sent you? I was like, oh, I will. Um, so read it, went home, read it. And I was like, fuck, this is the most gorgeous thing I have ever read in my life. One of them in particular. So I call him and I'm like, dude, do you mind if I run with this? And he's like, no, I don't want it sitting on a computer for the rest of its life. So I called a friend and um, a couple months later, we're on set in Montana, freezing our asses off, making the movie. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was from that comedy that we then made like this super dramatic, historical, gorgeous, peace it's fun it's just so fun how life takes you on these cool little journeys it is so fun like that time that charlie sheen tried to give you hiv right didn't you tell me a story how he's like hey why don't you come back to my trailer yeah but he didn't try to give me hiv i, know, I was just kidding oh okay yeah <laughs> no, like he's such a, to me my experience with him he is such a sweet lovely funny intelligent guy like so the the media has their Thing and people will have their experiences with him but all you can take is your own experience right so i didn't me, say he was dumb i just said that he likes ladies yeah oh <laughs> i think that that's apparent um but yeah no after filming one day he said come back to my trailer but i was nervous because of what i'd read in the media and stuff like that so i didn't and then um we became friends because of filming for a wee while in that and then he was like come back to my trailer and i was like okay cool there were heaps of people and so we went back watched a um a, baseball game it's been a long time since sports has been on tv guys so i don't even know what that is it's thick and a ball. baseball baseball what is it yeah huh? um and so yeah he but like he was just super nice to me i feel super grateful for that experience because it was a multi-cam experience in america and while you could do that in new zealand that then led me to be able to go to do other multi-cam auditions but that's what i mean like it's it's just a strange little audition game over here um because i'd done a multi-cam here i was then able to audition for multi-cam which is like okay what if you're really good at multi-cam but you haven't done it before then you know like that old chicken and egg scenario yeah. I've, I've done a multi-cam one time um i think it's easier to do a multi-cam than it is to do a single cam like it's yeah because then you're just like okay <laughs> get my performance oh <laughs> Yeah, I you know, like it's it's just a good little thing. Yeah, um, yeah, multi cam super fun. Yeah, it's a nice uh, break from the single cam. Yeah, what's up? what was what was I forget the title? What was that Nick Cage movie that you did? Vengeance: A Love Story. That's right. Can you tell us about that? That's Johnny's experience? favorite actor, Nicholas Cage. Is Johnny's favorite actor? <laughs> he's not. He's not my favorite. He's not my favorite actor. I just find him very entertaining. I find he's his, his movies very enter entertaining. So. He's awesome. Yeah. Stop playing it cool, Johnny. That's your favorite. <laughs> he's uh he's definitely got a that's why i was curious if you had any if you had scenes with, i haven't seen the movie but um if you had scenes with him how it was working with him his process things like that i think he's magic like i actually think he's he's a bit magic um he's amazing uh so that's why i was super excited to get involved with the film he was actually initially going to direct it as well um which i was super excited about so met him had dinner and he was like, okay, watch this film and reference these films. And I really liked the vibe of where he wanted to take the film. And um, the role's really hectic. Like, um, What was that film about? Um, my character gets raped in front of her daughter. Um, my by God. A of five people. And Nicolas Cage's character finds me and um, gets vengeance for 
what these guys did. Topical mm. now. Um, yes. Uh, what? Fiction. What is yeah. Uh, what is your, um, do you have a strategy if you find a bad director, like, or one you don't click with, like, how do you get it, go on with the film? Um, well, you just have to finish the film, don't you? Gotta do it. Yeah. What's your strategy, Austin? Quit, quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I get along with most people, which I think is good. That's your strength. I would say that's your strength. You get along with everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, most of... except some people. Yeah. Not everybody. So, yeah, but like if you, but the different opinions may happen. Like we're in a creative world, so it's not one plus one equals two. And I think that's one of the things that I love about accounting and stuff like that is it's so black and white. Like you have a definite right answer, but then ours is just kind of like. Yo, here we go. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. And so if you guys don't mesh, then it can be a recipe for disaster. So Nick was going to direct it and then he um, wasn't going to. So there was a new director and it was like different, different ideas, I guess, um, of what Nicholas was proposing as to what Johnny was. Johnny was from a stunts background. So um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. But from that, oh, so Nick's great. Um, super smart, got a lot of um, recall and a lot of life experience and he's very, his energy is really rad. Like I think whatever you bring, he picks up on and kind of, he just vibes with what's, what's going. Um, yeah, he's a really, really special, incredible guy. I don't think you can not be impressed with him uh, when you meet him. I don't know, that's my personal experience, but I just feel, yeah, I just think he's very um, interesting, cool, inclusive. He's very, very inclusive, very warm guy, just really nice. Um, so, yeah, but from that film, I met Talitha, who I love so much. I cast her brother and her in the Robert the Bruce film. So I just thought that they were fantastic. Yeah. You cast them? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were just an actress on that. No, I produced it. Oh. Yeah, I remember she said she called a friend and then they got it going. I see. Where can our audience see that? Where is it now? I think it's like on iTunes and the internet world. <laughs> How many shooting days did you have with that? We did like maybe six weeks. Whatever we did, it felt oh, so okay. much longer because it was so cold and hmm. um, yeah, it was pretty hectic. And it was over Christmas as well, Christmas New Year time. So it's kind of like from Thanksgiving, oh, it can't have been that long, Thanksgiving to January, but there were all of these breaks. And then we went to Scotland and filmed there as well. So I think it went to kind of March. So it felt longer. And also because of the production process, you're kind of involved with it for a lot longer. And then there's the editing and stuff like that. And yeah, it takes a minute to make a film. And this is a feature film? Yes. God damn, that takes way more than a minute that's impressive yeah. <laughs> yeah it was an awesome experience though because you kind of um you know as an actor you have the script and or you know you, you audition and then if you're lucky enough you get the part and then suddenly you're on set you're doing it and then it's like okay bye guys so this was like okay here's the script there are going to be script changes no i don't want there to be script changes i fell in love with the script we got everyone on board because of the script 
stop fucking changing the script. Um, and then we're filming it. And then the filming process was super intense and one easily the most intense experience I've ever had on set. Um, we had only like eight hours of light a day, two of which are spent in lunch and then post lunch checks. And then um, uh, we we're filming like on ice. You had to go around these ice cliffs to get to location. It was epically intense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but awesome. Like, yeah. Were you working with the director to uh, like with the shots as he was like shooting it? Were you like giving approval and suggestions or? Leaving up um, no, look, I tried to, my place as producer, I wanted to know about the budgets and the scheduling and stuff like this. I wanted to know about the stuff that I didn't know about um, before. And so I think my role as producer was more get the script, get everyone together, um, boy the energy, like get everyone excited and happy and uh, make sure everyone's... Um, uh, you know, the script uh, is solid and everyone's happy and taking care of uh, personalities, which is a big thing um, when you're working with little uh, budgets, I guess. And yeah, there are a lot of personalities. But um, yeah, so I didn't feel comfortable saying to the director, yo, here, make sure we get this shot and yeah. stuff like that. And I fucked up there. I should have because in the edit, um, I saw the first cut of it and the amount of notes I had, I was like, yo, I was there. We were filming the scene. Where's this reaction? Where's this? Mm. And so he was um, quite offended. He's a good friend, so I can say this. Um, he was quite offended that I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. He was like, yo, you don't come at me with all these notes. I've assembled the movie. And I'm like, but it's not the movie. Like, let's go back to the script, mate. Here are the bits that we need to mm. include. And this is what's going to give us the heart to the film. Like, yes, there's some action involved, but that's not what got everyone excited about the film. It's the heart. Mm. It's, it's what it's about. So, um, yeah, I think if I were to produce act again, I would be more aware and just, I know it was my first time of being able to speak up and as a female, maybe, and as an actress, I didn't feel that I could speak up as much as I wanted to. So I held my tongue a lot, um, which was to my own detriment. So, yeah, that was stupid. I mean, it has to be, it has to be daunting also making, you know, a period piece for, for also in, you know, on location. Um, do you plan on producing more? Do you ever think about getting into directing? Now you're kind of talking about the shots and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think that was one of the things that I was like, oh, producing gives you a wee bit more control than acting, but then directing gives you all that much more control than producing So and, and acting. Um, so I'd love to direct. I've, it's probably just a confidence thing, I think, um, or a lack of confidence that has held me back in the past and I'm just wanting to learn as much as I can. But then, you know, we'll be working with people who, perhaps we've got more experience with and also everyone's idea and um, voice is valid in filmmaking and the way that I want to make a film and I want to make films in future is collaboratively anyway so that's working with the DOP working with sound lighting working with the actors everybody in order to get that film um, as as best and make it as best we can so yeah I'm super interested in directing um, and also just um, Man, guys, Nick, he was so awesome. So seeing someone like Nick. The director. 
yeah, that of splitting image, but he's also an editor and he knows lighting and stuff like that. He's so across everything. Mm. It, it just, it cut a lot of shit, I feel like, because we weren't having to um, waste waste time essentially when time is always at the essence when you're shooting something that potentially has a low budget you're kind of like you're scrambling to make up time um him and the dp were like came every day like with ready to shoot wasn't it awesome and so it made us feel super comfortable and uh you just respect them and you just feel so safe knowing that they know exactly what they're after and that's the experience that if i ever get a chance to direct that's the experience i want everyone to feel come be prepared yourselves know that you're super safe here because i've got a very clear idea of what i want but i'm also super collaborative and i'm so excited to hear what your thoughts are on specific scenes and what you're you're going to bring to the table because what you're bringing to the table is so valid that so many times i've been involved in um projects where i've been shushed kind of thing like it's it's funny it's kind of like yo you're the girl in the short shorts, just stand there, be pretty kind of thing. Like that's, yeah. that's all. And I don't know if that's my own mind thinking that, but I feel like I've been shushed quite a lot. So yeah. And I just love filmmaking. I think it's, it's a, such a fantastic, um, it's a treat that we get to make films. So yeah. And Nick was a really good editor. I remember the first time we all saw Splitting Image was at the premiere at the Lemley. And then, you know, Nick called us up there and it's like, what did you guys think? And I, I was still processing it because I just remembered like shooting all that stuff. But now looking back at it, like he did like do some good editing. That was like pretty good, especially third act. Third act, pretty strong in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I've got a lot of respect for him. I think he's awesome. Nick's the man. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've, I've heard Austin and Aaron's, you know, talk about working with you, but let's be honest. So let's talk about what it was like working with them. Let's be honest. I, you guys were fantastic. You gave me so much time. Like I had, I'm, I like to be as prepared as I can. So y'all went over the lines before the night before and stuff like that. You're super excited and like you were everything that you could want of co-stars. Do you know, like we're all working together. It was kind of the three of us really, like that's all that was in the film. Essentially we had the majority of the scenes and you guys was just fucking rad to work with super open and yeah i think that's that's what i look for and people that you're working opposite against i think yeah i i appreciate that anna who's that guy behind you johnny some guy just came johnny who was that that was my dad all right he's not part of this just (laughs) all right for for me for me personally i was like a little nervous in it like an excited way because this that was like our first lead you were the real lead but the first lead in a feature film and i just remember you were the rock because you've done it you know many times before so it was easy it was easy to work with people that you know you're a real leader through your actions you know and just uh it was a lot of like since it was such a you know so much stuff to get through and uh you know 15 day shoot or 16 day shoot it was constantly just waking up working all shoot day and then coming back to the hotel and running lines and waking up again and running lines and it was you know had to be funny it's like summer camp it was super super cool like you just have this group of really rad people who want to do the best that they can with the the job and the fun thing that sits out remember the crunchy carpet at that second hotel we stayed at do you remember that i remember the salty potatoes Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got even a good amount of a decent amount of sodium. Yeah. Um, what was up with the carpet though? Yeah, what was in that carpet? 
I don't know guys, it was pretty intense. And then like, I knew that the film was gonna end and I got sad that I was no longer gonna have this really gross, crunchy, smelly carpet anymore. So I was like, that symbolizes the end of this filming experience, so. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you know, power, not power move, but good move, Anna at the end of Splitting Image wrote the main crew and cast all little thank you notes at the very end. Uh, really, oh yeah, really, like bef really? before we left set, like she was handing out thank you notes, right? Uh, oh, really? really? It's such a good time. It was a good time. Do you do that for all your productions? No, just the good times. Uh, and the ones where there's like, <laughs> where there's a moment to, to say thank you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, I know Anna agreed to be here for the full three hours, but I don't want to keep her all that time. One of, one of my final questions, did, did I hear this right? Are you working on something now that you're creating? Yes. Very what hush you, hush it seems. What is it, Anna? Tell us. Yeah. It's a script that I'm so excited about. I'm so fucking excited. Uh, it's oh ridiculous. Um, I said to one of the most intelligent, amazing people that I know at the start of this coronavirus, we'd been kind of in touch. And um, I, when I say I was freaking out, that's like being chill. I was freaking out so freaking hard with this whole thing. It just didn't make sense to me. I didn't know how we were gonna get out. I didn't know, I, I, I visualized riots and um, protests. I didn't know what the catalyst for them would be, but I didn't think it was a good idea to have a lot of people out of work. And um, I think the protests are an amazing uh, thing. I think that it's fantastic for America to be listening. Um, but I was really nervous at the onset of the corona. I didn't know where it was going to lead. So at the start, I said to my friend, hey, man, this is, is going to be fucked. Like, people are telling me to buy a gun. This is crazy. Um, he was like, yeah. So anyway, been in lockdown for about a month and a half, and I was still a bit scared, um, just shitting water, you know. Uh, and um, I said to my friend, like, yo, what if we wrote a script and these things were including it. And um, he was like, oh, okay, cool. So then the next day he had already written 20 pages. And I was like, dude, this is the coolest shit I've ever read in the longest time. And then he's like, oh, okay, cool. You think I should run with it? And I'm like, yes. Next day he had another 20 pages for me. Next day, like he just kept producing this really, really cool script. So we're kind of tweaking it as we What go. is it? It's about the riots and the protests or? No, it's a, it's a sci-fi. It's fantastic. It's um, yeah, it's about a virus that comes. And so one of the ways that kind of made me less fearful of coronavirus was fictionalizing it. So making science fiction and giving, cause I didn't really understand, I, I don't understand it. Like we're getting all these separate messages and these differing messages and stuff. So um, to me, fictionalizing it was really fucking cool. And it kind of gave me some control over the situation. It was like, okay, here's a way that it could um, all eventuate. So that's where we're at. And then we're just gonna make a movie. I love it. Where where are you right now with the process? Script done? Just polish the script. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I guess, film it and Holy get it on shit. So self-funded. Yeah, just, just make it. Do you guys have a start date yet or, or not quite? Uh, no, so I'm going to get some people to look at it and then get okay. some notes from um, people who I really respect and admire. Because when you're super close to something, sometimes you might miss the obvious. Um, and so we'll see, I'll see if other people were as excited. The two people that we've shared it with, um, who really do respect, they're excited about it. So, um, yeah. And I've read a few scripts on my time. So I think I'm, I'm quite discerning of what's 
fun and what's not. So it's been are, a fun project anyway. Are you uh, the lead? Um, you know what? I'm open for whoever wants to be in the movie, but it was written for me. Like Strong uh, female character is the lead, though. Yeah, just doing weights, walking around. <laughs> Strong ass. Props, just oh, nice. yeah. never, never acknowledge in the movie. She's always lifting things. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody ever says anything. They just go with it. Yeah, never says anything. No dialogue. Yeah, yeah. So we're working on a script. There's no script. Dialogue. <laughs> it's like a girl walking around town with a mask on and looking white. So yeah, if that's not a freaking cool idea, then I don't know what it. Do you have a title? Uh, yeah, strong girl. Oh, strong girl. Nice, nice. Yeah. I'd watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, final questions oh. for Anna. Johnny, I know you've been chomping at the bit. Uh, no, I mean, I was curious about her. Um, you kind of talked about it already. I had asked you about, about working with, uh, with Nick Cage and stuff. I did have one question, though, because I actually used to watch Spartacus. And I remember... Uh, did you see her? You remember her? I don't, I, I think vaguely, I didn't finish the entire series. I just remember I would catch spots of it anytime I was at my friend's house because I didn't have cable at my house. Um, but uh, I do remember with the main actor passing away. Um, did you, Andy Whitfield, right? Yeah. Did you work, you work with him, right? No, um, but. Oh, that he, was after. Yeah, he um, okay. passed away, but when I, he wasn't, um, passed away he was still alive and so when I got the role um the producer said watch the series if you want to do it and so I watched one two I watched one and two and I was like of course I want to be involved this guy just exudes what I imagine Spartacus is um yeah uh and um yeah it's really freaking sad like I I yeah it's lovely he had cancer And, right, yeah, cancer. I remember, I remember reading about it and stuff. And yeah, obviously, it's a very unfortunate main character. He was great in the show. Yeah. I really liked him a lot. Um, so you came in on the third season, then I think, because I think there was three seasons, right? There were four. There was like four, there okay. was the Spartacus, and then they did a prequel. Um, Blood, Blood and Sand. Yeah, which Dustin was kind of the leader in Organicus, and then they did a second season, which Liam, or like the third, but. Um, uh, in the timeline it would be second which Liam stepped in for and then the, the third and fourth but yeah just crazy really crazy but um they keep going but Andy did such an incredible job he's such an amazing actor like he didn't even have to say anything he had so much mana that you just kind of were like oh of course of course you're Spartacus um but Liam's yeah. amazing guy as well yeah. so yeah so it sounds like you had a really good time working on that show yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my best friends are yeah. from that show. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Guys, I better go and feed my baby. She's uh, probably, please. She's probably please. starving. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, final plugs for our audience. Where can they find you? Uh, just on Instagram. I'm around. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anne Hutt. Um, Anne Hutt. Otherwise, I'm I'm around. Get in touch. Have a chat. I appreciate you coming on with us, Anna. Yeah, That's thanks so much for being you. here. Thank it's you so much. Appreciate it. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me. Huge fans of you. Oh, likewise. Right back at you. Cool. <laughs>